Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the In The Clutch podcast. My name is Drew Clutchy and I'm here alongside my co-host Jeremy Wilson. Today, the day of recording is March 26, 2022. We are five days removed from the Miami Heat French brawl. Hard to call it a brawl when uh, nobody threw any punches and I'm not sure there's any pushing going on. Hey, Spo threw a clipboard. <laughs> I, I like the Udonis Haslam pretending that he could still take Jimmy Butler when he's 63 years old. Would you want to fight Udonis Haslam? Which, to be fair, I wouldn't want to fight Jimmy Butler. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, you should go, and it's on YouTube, obviously, and everywhere, where the Miami Heat, and just like a timeout during the third quarter, Coach Spolstra didn't like one of Jimmy Butler's Butler's closeout on a three-point shooter, and they called a timeout, and then the whole team just started arguing during the timeout in just like a casual third quarter timeout. And uh, Udonis Haslam told Jimmy Butler without a doubt that if they were to fight, Udonis Haslam would take them. I and, wouldn't uh, fight either of those two people. No, I wouldn't fight either of them either. But if I was placing bets on that fight, I think I'm taking Jimmy Butler. Yeah, He's, I know. Udonis uh, about Haslam 40 years younger. But you know what? Here's the tricky thing is. Yeah, but I think like, it's illegal to fight a senior. That's fair. That's a fair point. But even as an NBA player, I wouldn't fight any of those players. Like them <laughs> them on a list with like Steven Adams, who I would, Tucker. also wouldn't fight. PJ Tucker, yeah. Like, there's, like, that's a group of people collectively that I wouldn't fight, and two of them are on the Miami Heat. Speaking of Stephen Adams, you see, this was a long time ago. Um, I think they were playing the Bulls, and somebody was getting up in John Moran a little bit, and he just picked them up and carried them away. Yeah, yeah, no, I did <laughs> see that. And that's what I mean. Apparently, um, Stephen Adams, when you go to set up a box out, like on free throws, he'll grab your bicep and squeeze it just to show you, like, how strong he is. <laughs> And a lot of the rookie players have said that, like, it hurts. <laughs> like, I, you're I getting ready it. to box out, and you're like, oh, my God, because his biceps are just, like, or his hands are so strong, and it, like, hurts your bicep when he squeezes it. Uh, yeah, they, they talked to Jaron Jackson about it. He was like, yep, Stephen Adams has done that to me before. You feel like a feel like a kid. Like, imagine yeah. being a six-foot-nine NBA player and having somebody just pick you up and carry you off. Well, and especially because you probably rarely have ever been picked up and moved like that. Because you've been this yeah. all, all like, not I'm not, not going to say all NBA, but you've been like the best athlete at any stage of your career. Mm. So when you were 13, nobody would pick you up and move you like that because you were the best player in the league probably. <laughs> so yeah. that's crazy on another level. And I also wouldn't fight Steven Adams. But no, I, no my does. other favorite thing about the Miami Heat fight was Kyle Lowry walked away and then came back and tried to call a timeout in the fight. So like he <laughs> wanted everybody fighting to take a timeout. So he was like walking around and looking at his teammates and like making the timeout symbol. Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, I really have no issue with the heat kind of getting into it. It happens with good teams. You got a lot of competitive players. So Jim Butler probably doesn't like getting called out for bad closeouts. So, but um, the interesting thing is, do you think that is a one-off thing, or do you think it's? a buildup of something that's been gradually happening. And then it finally overflowed on the court. No, given the, given the players and given the coach, like, I don't think I've never heard of players having a problem with Spolstra. Um, and I don't think, I think Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, and they're all built to the same kind of mold. So I, I don't think they're really uh, fighting that often. Like, I don't think this is something that's happened in practice and in locker rooms and, we just don't see it. I just think it's a one-off. Right. Well, and they all said the right thing in the press conference too. 
at the end, mm. like when the game was over, everybody came out and said the right things. So that I think shed some light on that it probably wasn't too too bad of a situation. Right. But it's still weird to see it overflow onto the court in an NBA game. Yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, teams fighting with each other. Every so often, you'll see, like LeBron used to yell at the Cavs in timeouts occasionally because. To be fair, I would up. yell at J.R. Smith too if he didn't know the score of the game. <laughs> I don't think LeBron even did anything there. He just went back to the bench and was like, "No, I'm done with you." Like, please. Well, no, no, no. He went, "I'm done with Cleveland." Yeah, <laughs> instantly left. That yeah. that was the breaking point. So yeah, I don't know. It's like it's weird to see it overflow onto the court, but I guess you're right that it does happen in different organizations at different times. So it's yeah. not like it's not the only time that something like this has happened. It reminds me of uh, the Chris Paul James Harden Rockets and the Chris Paul James Harden Rockets. I don't think got along really that well. Well, Chris no, Paul and James Harden, I don't think mesh. But um, <laughs> Chris Paul was talking to James Harden in a timeout, and I think they had kind of been yipping at each other. But Chris Paul said something to him, and then. Held out his hand for a fist bump, and James Harden just slapped him away. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty funny. But the, the savageness of the James Harden Rockets when things started to peter off at the end, and they realized they weren't going to win anything. <laughs> hey, those James Harden Rockets almost had the Warriors. If only they hadn't missed twenty-seven straight threes in Game Seven. They almost had the Warriors multiple times. It's actually incredible that over to me that over the years they didn't get the Warriors. They yeah, were, they took they them to seven and then to six, right? Or six yeah. and seven. Yeah, no, they were close. They almost had it. And um, other NBA news, just we'll touch on quickly because believe it or not, this episode does have a theme. But we'll touch on this other piece of the, news quickly. The theme Talk- is NBA players we wouldn't want to fight. It's the theme. Wouldn't that be? That'd be a great episode. Maybe we should do that. I, I think I could list just about all of them except for Matt Thomas. You'd fight Matt Thomas? I think I could take Matt Thomas. Well, there are some people that probably be too nice to fight you, so you could fight them too. Oh, true. Yeah. See, you see just, the nice guys. Yeah. You just take them and they just, or you just hit them and they just like take it in stride and move on. <laughs> um, uh, but Kyrie Irving is now allowed to play home games. Yeah. That uh, good for the Nets means uh, they can stop their tank for the lowest possible seed and right. maybe try to get out of the playing game. Except you still can't play in Toronto. Yeah. So, worst case scenario for the Raptors, you get a 7 8 game and you get the Kyrie list probably ben simmons list nets yeah i would say i agree that it's probably ben simmons list at this point too what's wrong with ben simmons do we know does anybody know his back apparently his back i think it's like a porzingis type thing now okay Where ben simmons is like well i don't know like ben simmons is really tall for his position do you know what i mean like point guard and like athleticism wise it's not like he's just a weird He's an anomaly of a player in the same way that Zion is in the same way that Porzingis is. Crazy to say Porzingis is really tall for his position as a center, which he yeah, is. He's 7'3". So, seven, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. So, like, I think it's uh, I have back issues because my body is weirdly structured kind of thing. But also on Zion, Zion, uh, the day or the day after he was ruled out for the rest of the season, posted a video of him going off the backboard through the legs for a dunk. Yeah, which would have won the dunk contest this year. <laughs> which absolutely would have won the dunk contest this year. But why is he being ruled out for the season if he can do things like that? Well, here's my thing. Why play him? Because we've proven You're that... in the play-in. Yeah, but we've proven, I think, and by me, I mean professional NBA players and not me. Um, we've proven that cohesiveness is really, really important. Right. So tossing him into a Pelicans lineup where CJ McCollum is currently cooking, and JV is also cooking, actually. Right. But it's I not think not going to be 20... particularly useful. 
I think 27 and 8 on 60% shooting is uh, okay to bring down team, team chemistry a little bit. Yeah, but then to maybe make the playoffs, maybe not because it's still one-off games, and then just get kicked in by the Suns? Why bring him back? Just right, let but, him come back in preseason next year fully healthy. Okay, but why play him at all if you're not 100% confident you're going to be a top six seed? Yeah, but that's not a good approach because you're right, more so confident you'll you're be You're in a play-in game right now. Put him in. Let him play. But you're more confident you'll be a top six seed next year when he's played most of the season and the cohesiveness with his team is there. There's no point in putting him in the play and get kicked in the first round when you could have him go through another eight months of like full rehab and muscle and joint strengthening and everything and come back in the preseason and work back into game shape and be ready, ready, ready to roll. I, don't know. I think if he can, I think if there's still a risk of him getting injured, like if you think he can get to a point where he won't be as likely to get hurt again, you hold him out. But I think if it's not about injury risk and he's as a hundred percent as you can be without being in game shape, let him play. I just think it's too much on the line to get kicked in by the Suns if you make it out of the playing game. Because it's only like one thing that I think is notable is that we're down to like it's eight games or nine games or seven games, depending on which team you are. It's not like we were like we are it's not like we're around the all star break right now. Where when right. we were at the all star break, it's twenty five games or twenty three games or whatever. We are down to like eight games, seven games, six games. So if he comes back with four games left in the regular season after missing the whole year. When things with the Pelicans aren't obviously good chemistry wise and coaching and all that kind of like if he comes back and they have a big he's a big screaming match with CJ McCollum at center court over something, right. like that's not beneficial to anything. Uh, I yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't I don't think Zion's the type of player to uh yell at somebody. I think he would more, you know, just no communication at all. Right. Well, yeah. Zion style, but yeah, That's all fair. the same. But you, I think you understand the general point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like I'm I just I just don't see anything to gain because there's just if if it was 25 games, absolutely. But with literally because he's also not back yet, so right. he might get back with four games to go. Right. And to me, that's yeah. just not a significant enough am- amount to really make a dent. Yeah, fair enough. I understand. Speaking of which, just announced yesterday, uh, James Wiseman is going to miss the rest of the year. I don't think that's super impactful. I don't. I don't think he adds a whole lot to the Warriors if he comes back. Uh, I think. Well, again, same thing. I don't think he adds a lot to the Warriors if he comes back with four games left. I think he would have added more to the Warriors if he come back around the All Star break. But even so, I think the Warriors just need a big body. Right, um, and James Wiseman can do that, but he has I don't the ability know if... to. Go he ahead. has the ability to commit five fouls. <laughs> right, and uh, yeah, the Warriors, other than Kevon Looney, I'm not sure they have another center. Well, Looney's not even like Looney's a Toronto Raptors center. Right, Ken Birch six, style. Six, nine or, yeah, he's six nine or something. So just having Wiseman available to take five fouls and block two shots against him, or maybe not block two shots against Embiid, but something like that, or take right. five fouls and block two shots against Lopez, that's valuable enough for me. Right. Yeah, and I understand that. And uh, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, I meant to say, speaking of the, speaking of the Raptors, they ran a lineup with uh, Precious Chua, Ken Birch, and Chris Boucher, all technically centers, all playing at the same time. And the lineup was okay, too. Like, the lineup wasn't I, bad. I love the Raptors, 
and like love Scotty Barnes and everything, but man, I hate the Raptors. I I love the Raptors. I love I love a Jewish shooting corner threes. I like Boucher at times. I hate the switch everything lineups were generating. Mm. Of like, yeah, having three centers out there or having four wings. And I know I talked about this early on in the season, but I just believe that your team is like a center that's like a traditional center or like maybe a Miles Turner three-point center. But like I can I can work with either a Clint Capella center or a Miles Turner type center. And then I can work with, do you know what I mean? Like the difference there? Right, yeah, yeah. And then I can work with a Tobias Harris power forward or like a Giannis type power forward, like same thing. Like I can work with, this is a big bruising defensive power forward, which obviously like Giannis is incredible, but like I meant just in terms of lack of shooting. Or I can work with like a less defensively strong power forward, but who can space the floor. But I just really need a center, like a traditional center out there. It gives me so much confidence as a fan. I have no issue with not having a traditional center out there. Um, My only issue with it is playing MB in the playoffs. Or playing Jokic in the playoffs. Or playing Giannis in the playoffs. Well, I'm not concerned about playing Jokic in the playoffs. Um, I I don't think Denver's going to make the finals, and I don't think we're going to make the finals. Um, But I I don't want a playoff matchup with Embiid. I don't even hate Giannis because Giannis isn't a back-to-the-basket type player. So you can throw doubles at him a little bit easier, and you can kind of uh, build your defense to help on that. Um, Plus, OG is small, but I think capable of defending Giannis as well as anybody else's. Well, I was going to say Freddie's a lockdown defender, too. Yeah, throw Freddie on him. He's only given up a foot. Throw Freddie on Giannis. Well, he might shirt the ball a few times. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, like, I'm a Raptors fan, and therefore I believe in what we're doing because I'm a Raptors fan, and I trust in the process that we're currently implementing. But, man, Raptors fans, I speak for all Raptors fans when I say we have the ultimate faith in Masai. Yeah. Because I can do no wrong in Toronto. No, I agree. But, like, when you look at the championship run, like, that was – Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Everybody playing their natural position, and that's my kind of lineup. Now, obviously, it doesn't have to be at the same degree of talent right. that we had. Like, that's a different debate. But, like, the, the, everybody at their natural position and playing a traditional basketball position, like, it's the same thing when you look at um the Pacers before the Halliburton trade, where it was, like, Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and then, in theory, TJ Warren, and then Sabonis, and then Miles Turner. And like, they're me, bad. Yeah, but it's a traditional one, two, three, four, five lineup. <laughs> uh, awesome. You have traditional players that aren't that good. And it Fantastic. makes me feel better about it, Chair. <laughs> and I'm glad you feel good about that. So anyways, now we'll actually work. The theme of the episode is we've uh, predicted what we think the all-NBA teams will be with eight games remaining. I can't speak for Jer, but I personally do not get a vote in the all-NBA decisions. Uh, Adam Silver gave me a call and said, not this year, but maybe next year. Maybe next year if we get the podcast. Yeah. If we podcast for another year, we'll really be rolling. Yeah, exactly. So this is just uh, speculative on our end because we won't get to actually weigh in for the official voting. But uh, so, Jer, you think that the first teams are pretty set in stone. And I think that there's going to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of difference, a few differences between us. So why don't you go first with all five players? I have, and I expect at least one disagreement on my first team. Based on based on positioning of eligible, like uh, 
player eligible positioning or based on based on who I have based on opinion. Okay. I know what that's going to be. Anyway, go for it. I'm going to list my other four first and then the one I feel like is most disputable last. Okay. So I have LeBron and Giannis at the forwards. I have Jokic at the center, Luca and Trey young at guard. Oh, that's way wrong. Wow. I thought you were going to have a beat at center and that was going to be the difference. So can you go say it again? Guard to center. Luca and Trey are my guards. LeBron and Giannis are my forwards and Jokic is my center. Even though I believe Embiid should win MVP and Jokic should be on first team. You can't win MVP and not make first team. Listen, this is my opinion. You're okay. Anyways. So I think I took it Embiid is more valuable, but all NBA teams are based more on stats. And this is so. This is where all NBA gets tricky. Is I've been reading online that they're evaluating the player, like the NBA is evaluating, like which players are going to be eligible for which positions. Right. And this is where this gets interesting. So my first team, I have Luca at guard. Yep. I have LeBron at guard. Okay. Because there's a chance, like there's actually like a reasonable chance that LeBron will be no, eligible Le- at guard. No, LeBron is not going to be eligible at guard. Uh, I, I read on. him. I read him out. So He's then not. from there, I have Giannis and Durant and Jokic. Durant's missed too, too many games. I still think he's an all-NBA first team. So you have LeBron at guard, and then you move Durant. Assuming LeBron can't be a guard, because LeBron can't be a guard, who would you replace at the guard spot? Well, initially, the answer for me would be Jaw, but Jaw has now missed a lot of games, and Jaw's out pretty much the rest of the regular season now right so then i'm then i'd be looking at curry which curry's shooting numbers are really far down this year but at the same time we all know draymond green misses most of the year and if you watch the if you watch warriors game the eye test says that curry gets double teamed every every time he touches the ball at half court so yeah there's that uh trey young's team is really awful in terms of winning they so are the to, 10 seed i believe yeah so it's hard to all nba first team somebody who might not make the playing game I don't know. He's Trey Young from like I had him on my first team. He's averaging uh 28 and 28, nine and a half and four right. on decent shooting splits. Right. So so I have I think I'd have to go Luca Curry because the Warriors are still a winning team and Curry's stats are still impressive even though they're low for him. And then you would bump Durant for Giannis. Durant for LeBron, sorry. Yes. So assuming, which I've read that LeBron might be listed available at guard, but if he's not to match your formatting, I would go Luka, Curry, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic. Okay. So yeah, we almost agree on that. Now, please shed some light for me as to how you can win an MVP and not be first team. Okay. So for, in my opinion, the all NBA teams are based more on stats than winning. That's why I can put Trey Young on my first team when I wouldn't give Trey Young MVP votes because his team's not good enough. Um, so f- in my opinion, Embiid should win MVP. He has a higher seed uh, than Jokic. He did it without his second best player too. And now obviously they've added James Harden, but the Nuggets might fall down into the play-in and the 76ers should get a top three, th- three seed. So I would have Embiid as MVP, but Jokic averaging whatever he's averaging 27, 13 and nine, something ridiculous like yeah, that approximately. instead of Embiid's 28, 12 and four. 
I think it's just more when you're looking at statistics is more deserving of all NBA first team, but his team isn't good enough to get him an MVP. Okay. But think about it this way. So Trey young is so part of the reason the Hawks are so low in the standings is Trey young is an awful defender. Right. But part, the only reason that Hawks aren't way lower in the standings is because Trey young is an incredible player. Right. But how can he be all NBA first team? If, so take put aside the fact that the Hawks aren't winning. How can he be all NBA first team if he's a disgustingly bad defender? How much defense is LeBron playing right now? Yeah, but LeBron's leading the league in scoring. And right, probably, and Trey Young is a point behind check, him. But he probably has more rebounds per game than Trey does. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have the assists per game that Trey does. He'd be close, though, I think. But he defends. I bet he still defends and makes more defensive plays than Trey Young does. Right, but I don't think that in terms of Trey Young's averaging what he's averaging, being top 10 in scoring at least, top 10 in assists, doing it on good shooting splits, I don't see how Trey Young can be really docked for the defense. I know he's not a great defender, but neither is a lot of people that make all NBA teams or James Harden won an MVP being a pretty bad defender. Right, but James Harden was on a winning team and averaging nearly a triple-double. Right, and I'm not giving Trey Young an MVP. Right, but you're putting them all NBA first team, which that's a lot to say, in my opinion, for somebody who doesn't defend. Right, but in terms of Steph Curry's having a down year, I know Steph Curry's still awesome. but Yeah, I Steph Curry believe, is pretty good. I believe yeah, Steph Curry's like averaging LeBron James less. at eight boards. Right, I believe Steph Curry's, Steph Curry's averaging less points, fewer assists, and probably fewer rebounds than Trey Young on worse or equal shooting percentages. Which, that's a fair point. But the fact that, like, Trey Young sees different defenses than Steph does, and then also the fact that I just have LeBron stats here now, and I know you're bringing up LeBron isn't playing a whole lot of defense right now, but right. LeBron is 38-6 and six on 52% shooting. Oh, yeah. LeBron's ridiculous. I agree. I wasn't trying to say uh, I would take Trey Young over LeBron. Right. But to me, that like even LeBron's probably just by nature of LeBron's size, he's making more defensive plays than Trey Young is. Right. And I think his stats are better overall. Right. And LeBron leading the lead in scoring. And I would say I'm more set on having LeBron on the first team than I am having Trey Young on the first team. Right. I don't know. I just, it's hard for me. I see what you're saying about the difference between MVP, like MVP criteria and for and all NBA criteria. But I just think it's a stretch to put somebody who might miss the playing game on the all NBA team. Yeah. Or on I, the all NBA first team. I don't, I think they're pretty set, at least in the playing game. I don't have the standings up in front of me, but I don't think uh, they're legitimately going to get caught for the playing game. Right. Um, but all the same, I understand not having a trainer and I also understand having somebody I think should win MVP shouldn't be on second team, but LeBron or Marcus all won defense player of the year and was on second team, all NBA defense. I think they should just pick the top 15 players for all NBA. Just 15 overall, regardless of position. Yeah. Just let everybody vote. Right. Because I just think it's too complicated because, like we said, so obviously 
you we both put Jokic on our first team. Right. So then presumably you have Embiid on your second team. Yes. So like we're gonna have the top two people on MVP running and one of them is all NBA second team. And the fact that for a lot of these players, making all NBA has um like financial a financial aspect to it because it affects how much you, you're eligible for in your contract. Right. I think to rob and that goes back to like that's the Jason Tatum argument from a few years ago, right? But I think to rob these players of money because they're not voted all NBA when the criteria is very weird and changes every year, I think that makes the whole thing a difficult system. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's a tough system, especially for positions when you have fewer and fewer centers. So it can be hard if uh it can be hard to find a third team all NBA center. Right. That's better than a third team all NBA forward. Because you just right. don't have but, that many like traditional centers. And that's exactly what I hit looking on my third team this year. And similarly, like I'm looking at it, I had LeBron listed as guard and you had listed it forward. And there's while he's likely to be listed forward, there's reasonable there is a reasonable chance that he could be listed as a guard. Or similarly, right. Ben Simmons is a guard, but in crunch time plays the four. Right. So it just makes the all NBA system really the way it currently is really tricky, but I can see from the PR perspective, there's it's less attractive to have um, just 15 players named off like done, not by position. Right. So it's just, it's like this weird system and I don't necessarily know how they fix it, but the current way in my opinion is not working. Yeah, I I agree. It's a, it's tough to figure out, especially when, Again, we don't know how you fix it, right? So there's no necessarily easy way to change this to something doable. You could just do front court and back court like right. the All-Star game does. Right. Um, and Which, I think that would be better. But There are people smarter than me that they can pay to figure that out. <laughs> people smarter it, than you? Yeah, this no doesn't way. have to come down to what we talk about on the podcast here. Like they, and I'm sure the NBA can find somebody to really come up with a good system. Uh, wait, until, uh, wait until I have my degree before you hire me to do it. Um, and I, w- I wasn't sure just how bad Trey, Trey Young was as a defender. I know he is a really bad defender, but he is close to the bottom of the league in uh, defensive rating, like yeah. just individually. Really, really bad. And at various times, he is the bottom of the league. Yeah. Um, Which is not necessarily a fault of Trey Young. He's like built like me. Right. He's <laughs> Trey Young he's is very six small, foot, but... like, I don't know, 150 or something. <laughs> anyway, you can move on. You Do you want to give your second team? Yeah, sure. Not really. I feel like you're going to make fun of me. Can we just, can we end the pod here? Wrap it up. (laughs) I'm in like, so we're doing the pod in the afternoon today, like at the time it's being recorded. And the way my office faces, the sun comes in during the day, like the entire day. Like as the sun rotates, it just rotates across my, what I can see outside my window. And it gets really hot in my office. So I'll crack the window open, but in Thunder Bay, it's actually like minus twenty right now. Right. That's nice. We had we had um forty five centimeters of snow <laughs> all in like a day and a half this like this week. It was the most snow I've ever seen all at once. So we went from like I was on my bike like outdoors last week to now yeah. we're buried under snow again and it's cold. That's too bad. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm looking out the window here and, and like the road is still just like stacked up with snow. Are you just stalling so you don't have to give your All-NBA second team? No, but it popped into my head. Here I am. <laughs> so anyway, um, second team. So I have at 
guard, I have Ja, which I just I made this list yesterday, and I just found out today that he's likely out for the rest of the regular season. So that's okay. really going to reduce his games played. So that that could be moved around, and then I he's have got fifty six. So I fifty six games played thus far, so I don't think it should hurt him too bad. Okay, and then I have Curry, as we talked about before, because I have LeBron at guard on the other list. Right. And then at forward, I have DeMar DeRozan. Yep. I have Jason Tatum. Okay. And I have Joel Embiid. I am not going to make fun of you at all. Okay. If you moved LeBron to forward, you would have to knock down or move up. You said you would move up Steph. Off. Yeah. And you would knock down Durant, right? Um, yeah, Durant would have been knocked down. And if I had to pick, I'd probably knock Tatum off and keep DeMar. Right. So my second team, I have Steph and Ja, because I have Trey on my first team. Right. Um, Durant, DeRozan, and, and Embiid. Durant, Durant. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So you so, did bump. Yeah, like I said, because I, I said I bumped Tatum off. Right. So we have very similar second teams if LeBron was a forward. And who were your two guards, sorry? Steph and Ja. Oh, there we go. So we agree on the guards, but you would technically have one higher if LeBron was a forward again. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so that was really close then. And to me, all of those players are self-explanatory. Yeah. Like, they've all had great years and like in their, on their respective teams and their respective new situations for a lot of them. And just, like, the stats, they really stand out over the third team. The only thing for me that's interesting that we'll have to debate is the guards on the third team, I think will be a closer debate to the second team. Yeah. But to I agree. me, the forwards and centers, just by nature of Joel Embiid and Jokic on teams one and two, there's yeah. such a drop off on the third team. Yeah. That when I was picking my third team forwards and centers, I actually like struggled to think of, okay, are any of these players really all NBA? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the first and second teams. You can almost pick 10 and then just figure out where you want to put them. Right. Like, because it's just such a different difference. Although you don't have Trey Young and I do. Right. So I think Trey Young is going to be on your third team. But well, and to me, that's where that. the guard debate is going to get really interesting. But right. I just think in terms of the drop off to the third team, especially at the forwards and centers, it's sizable. And it because is it is sizable, I have no idea who's going to be on your third team. Because you could pick such a variety of people because the stat lines get really similar and the winning percentages and all that kind of stuff, right? Because right. there's such a drop from the elite top 10 guys in the NBA to the top 15 guys in the NBA. Like when you extend it that extra right. five players, it's a real debate. Yeah, so I can do my third team. Just one more thing on that before we hear your third team. I think something that's interesting to note is as I say this out loud, we're missing a lot of all NBA players this year. For injuries. So like, and... There's no Dame. There's no right. Anthony Davis. There's no Ben Simmons who could be all NBA second team. He was all NBA third team last year. I think. Yeah. So had he improved, he could have been all NBA second team. Sorry. So no Dame, no Bradley Beal, no right. Ben Simmons, no Anthony Davis, uh, no Kawhi, no Paul George. Yeah. No Draymond who... So could yeah, be close. So all of these players, a lot of them would have been forwards because that's Davis, Paul George, Kawhi, and Draymond. Right. Yeah. So they were okay. So I guess that explains such the, the, the drop major off. drop off we're seeing here. Because I was thinking, I swear the top fifteen players in the NBA were better than that. Right. <laughs> you think you don't have to reach that far to find the third team forward? Well, and before we started, I had to ask you if you had one of the same players as I did because I thought I must be missing somebody. 
But I guess that explains it. Is we're missing like six top fifteen guys. Yeah. Which what yeah. and that goes back to if it's if there's ever a year for the Suns to win it, it's this year, because there's no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Kawhi, no Anthony Davis, no Draymond. I I know we say that we almost say it like the Suns are gonna win mainly off of uh, because other teams aren't at full strength. The Suns are just ridiculously good. The Suns are ridiculously good, but I still think they get stopped by any of these full strength teams. <laughs> I I'm starting not to think so anymore. The Suns are just really, really good. They win without no matter who's out on their team, they win consistently. And they have great defenders, they have great scorers. I think the Suns are just a really good team that but, are gonna lose in the finals. The, yeah, well that too. But the team that wins in the playoffs in the NBA is the team with the better player. And there are a lot of playoff matchups where the Suns, you could argue, don't have one of the top two players. But LeBron, LeBron uh, lost to the Suns in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but that was like a Anthony Davis got hurt or was hurt or something. And Paul George and Kawhi lost in the playoffs to Denver or Utah. Okay, but Kawhi tore his ACL and didn't play like the last three or four games. I believe a fully healthy Clippers team lost to somebody. They weren't a fully healthy Clippers team last year. No, you're right. They lost to Denver. They lost Denver? to somebody last year, but that's because Kawhi tore his ACL in like game three, and then they were like, "Oh, he'll come back." Like we're just we're reevaluating him when we get back to LA, and then they got back to LA, and Kawhi's missed this whole year because he tore his ACL. Right. Or and then is that what he's dealing with? I can't remember. I don't Kawhi's know exactly. So long. Give me a sec. Um, but then Durant and Harden lost to. Giannis and Chris Middleton, and you can say the Nets have two of the top three players there. Right. And like, okay, so think about it this way. If you're playing the Suns, right, and you're the Clippers, Kawhi's the best player in the series. Yep. Paul George is arguably better than any of the players on the Suns. Paul George is also arguably worse than two of the players on the Suns. Yeah. So they might, the Suns might not have the two, not might not have the best or second best player in the series. But the Suns also may have the second and third best players, and then the fifth and sixth best players. So the Suns would have four of the top six players in that series. Yeah, but not the Because who on the Clippers are you pointing to as better than Miles Bridges or DeAndre Ayton? Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. I'm not taking... Well, would you rather... Well, I guess Mikhail Bridges is better than Norman Powell, but probably not by a lot at this point. Or do you think it is by a sizable guy? I think Mikhail Bridges is such a superstar defender. That's right. He is better than Norm. But, but um, so that brings, so there's the Clippers. And then if you look at the next comparison, the Nuggets, obviously Jokic is the best player in the series. Right. Playoff Jamal Murray. Is awesome, might, but not better than Booker or Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'd be more of a, more of a toss up on that. Like depending on the game. Jamal Murray can like in the series. I guess you're right that he's right. not better than I. I think of them. Jamal Murray can take over a game. Jamal Murray can win you one to two playoff games, right? In and then they a series, have the best. And depending then the on what he does, have the best player. I think and the then, Suns. I guess we'll see when the playoffs come around, but I just think the Suns are remarkably, like a really, really, really good team. I think the Suns are a really good team. But I'm weirdly enough, and I, it's really hard to say this because they have like 60 wins already, and they've already clinched home court advantage for the whole playoffs. But I just I'm not sold on them seriously making a deep playoff run if everybody else was healthy. 
I think they can beat. Or sorry, not I, a deep playoff run. I'm not sold on them winning a championship. I, I don't know if they would, but I think with everybody healthy, they would still not as good a chance, but still have a chance to come out of the West. Right. Yeah, which I agree with that. But that's why I think this is their year to win the chip. I think if they're going to win the championship, it has to happen this year. Right. Anyway, back um, to all NBA teams. Because we were yeah, there I before. I had another point to make about that, but you're right. Back to all NBA. So you give me your 13 first. I have Booker and Harden as my guards, Siakam and Tatum at forwards, and then Towns at center. Yeah, our third team is all over the place, like yours in comparison to mine, which, like I said, makes sense because as we get down to like the Siakam level, there's a lot of questions you could ask about who's all NBA and who's not. Right. Plus, I don't have Tatum down there because I have um, LeBron, you have up one. I have LeBron right. up on first team and then Tatum's on my second team. Yeah, yeah. So Kawhi, it was, it was a partial ACL pair for Kawhi, so not a full ACL. Right. Anyway, um, so I have Booker. And Trey, because I didn't yep. have Trey anywhere above that. And then I have Siakam. And because I don't have Tatum, I have Sabanis, who's okay. kind of like the next best forward yep. to make the All-NBA third team with all the guys injured that we've named off. And he's kind of like at that Siakam level. And then I have I picked Gobert instead of Towns. I did think Gobert was the only other center I thought about at that uh, third team position. Right. Uh, Towns is something like 27, 9, and 4, and Gobert's 15 and 15. Right. Um, there's, but Gobert's averaging like one assist and 12 less points. So the right. six less rebounds, I'm going to say, oh, well. And yeah, put that's, Towns in and there. that's fair. Um, and this is one of those situations where I think the positioning thing is stupid because I would put Towns and Gobert there and drop Sabonis off of all NBA. Right. Because, go. yeah, I think we both agree that Gobert deserves it more than Sabonis does. Yeah, well, and I think I'd still put him over Towns, frankly, but which I did. But that's where I think the positioning thing gets really tricky with all NBA is the fact that Sabonis, which not that Sabonis having a bad year, he was an all-star this year, but, like, just it's not quite there for me. Sabonis, Sabonis. was an all-star this year? I think he was, wasn't he? I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. But um, anyway, it's like the fact that I have him on all NBA third team because I ran out of forwards, like good right. forwards. And so here I am. Yeah, so me having LeBron at forward instead of guard gave me that one extra forward so I didn't have to reach for a Sabonis. Right, and you got to throw in an extra guard there. Right. Um, And then you said, who are your guards, Booker and Trey Young? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we both agree on Booker. You. Leading scorer on the best team in the league. Tough to not give him an all-NBA spot. Which I heard Stephen A. was arguing the other... It must have been, I guess it was yesterday, that Devin Booker should be in the MVP discussion. And to me, yeah. that is... Yeah, you're right. Sabonis wasn't an all-star this year, last year. Um, yeah. But I don't understand how you put Devin Booker in the MVP discussion. Like, I guess 60 wins. The best player on the best team. But like the the thing is, you can argue that he's not the best player on the best team. Well, Chris Paul's missed too much time. Right, I know Chris Paul has missed a lot of time, but if you can make a serious argument that hey, if this team is fully healthy, which they have been at points, or as fully healthy as NBA teams get, um, Devin Booker is the second best player. 
Yeah, but Chris Paul's scoring's gone way down. Like Chris Paul's right. actually like four, fourteen point nine points per game now. And I think Devin Booker is better than Chris Paul. But if somebody told me they thought Chris Paul was better than Devin Booker, I can't say no. You're crazy. Whereas if somebody told me, hey, Chris Middleton's better than Giannis, I can say no. You don't watch any basketball. Chris Paul is more valuable. Right, and if you can Devin make Booker's that better, I. I don't know if I can make the distinction between who's more valuable. I think they're just about equal. Um, I would say Chris Paul is more valuable just because he's going to get somebody on a rip-through foul with four minutes left in the fourth quarter every single game. (laughs) Right. But the fact that I can't distinguish between who's more valuable on that team means I can't put Devin Booker in my MVP conversation. Unless unless I'm also putting Chris Paul there and I can't put both of them there because they're not good enough. Which and that to be fair, that's probably I'm sure Devin Booker feels that he's being snubbed on that, <laughs> right? Like quietly, like in the in the deepest part of his uh, soul that he doesn't talk about. It's actually not that quiet because Isaiah Thomas, I believe, tweeted uh, Devin Booker deserves MVP discussion because he's the be- he's the leading scorer on the best team, and that's always been part of the criteria. And Devin Booker uh, actually replied to that tweet and said something like. Uh, I appreciate that, but the criteria changes every year based on what your name is. Right. But Devin Booker must understand that if he's going to be in the MVP conversation, Chris Paul has to be too, and we don't have the room for both of them. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure Devin Booker... My guess is Devin Booker does think he's more valuable to that team than Chris Paul, and Chris Paul thinks he's more valuable to the team than Devin Booker. Neither of them will ever say that publicly. But Do you think he thinks that? I I think he, he would have to. I think as an NBA player, when you're at that level and you are obviously one of the most competitive competitive people going because most NBA players are, you would have to think that, hey, I'm the leading scorer on this team. I'm the best player on this team, and I'm the most valuable player on this team. Right, but to be fair, he's the leading scorer when Chris Paul's averaging almost 11 assists. Right, and that's why Chris Paul, I'm sure, thinks I might not be the leading scorer, but I'm definitely the most valuable player. Right, so we don't have room for both of them, and therefore neither one of them can be MVP. I think we should uh, get them on the pod and ask who they think is more valuable. I would love that. If anybody knows how to contact Devin Booker other than just like tweeting at him a bunch of times, hit me yeah, up. We could DM him, I'm sure, but I, I doubt he'll respond. Yeah, and I doubt he'll come on the podcast. That seems like a lot of commitment for him. <laughs> and, and bring Chris Paul with them. Yeah, we need both of them. Just to, and it'll be like an exclusive because I bet nobody else can get Devin Booker and Chris Paul to talk about the MVP thing in front of each other. Uh, so it'll be like an. Ex- it won't be an ESPN exclusive. It'll be an in the clutch exclusive. Think about how many listeners we get on that one. As long as uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker both promoted it for us. Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, the, uh, we we can't put enough things in the clickbait title to make people actually believe that they both came. So it gets like ten views, even though we had like two of the two of the top twenty NBA players on the pod. We we have yeah two of the best players on the best team in the league, and nobody believes us, so nobody listens. It's like it's like Shaq on Tinder, where nobody believes it's actually him, so he has to delete it because nobody nobody will like message him. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah, anyway. no, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, the third team to me this year, just because of all the injuries we listed off, was such a toss up. Where I'm not yeah. going to tell you you're wrong. And like I know because I moved LeBron up, it moved every I moved all the forwards up one, and then I'm left with Sabonis and Siakam. Right. And I'm not you're you're right that Cat is outscoring 
Gobert by a mile. It makes up for the rebounds. I think Gobert's defense for me does something to put him on all NBA. Yeah, I, I so, can't I can't disagree with you there either. As weird as it sounds to me, other than Jokic and Bead, and depending on how they position LeBron, and then also the guards, all NBA this year is pretty boring as a concept. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty and. Given that we agreed on almost everything, if you move LeBron to forward, right, we would have all we would have slightly different positions, I think, but we might have all the same players, right, on the All NBA team. So there's not a whole lot of debate, right, around All NBA. And an All NBA, like we have an All NBA injured team. Yeah, like because if you count in like Clay Thompson. Who could, if he had a 45% well, yeah. three-point shooting season on 22 points per game, Clay Thompson could be an All-NBA third team. Yeah, you you run Dame, Bradley Beal, Kawhi, Paul George. Who's the center? Do we have an All-NBA injured center? No. I don't think we do. But that's what I mean. And, and we have excess guards because we still didn't name off Ben Simmons. We can put Ben Simmons as center. We'll have a small no, ball you, center you, on the All-NBA yeah, team. Yeah, like there are so <laughs> many people that could be, like we have an All-NBA injured team plus a couple more players. Yeah, lots of injuries for sure. So it's just, yeah, like you said, like positioning aside, we had all pretty much the same 15 players. Yeah, so not a whole lot of debate there. I think the biggest debate will be um, who gets the second first team guard spot after Luka. Right. And what center gets all NBA first team. Yeah, and that other than that'll just be a sit and watch game because I don't get to vote. So yeah, I'll just have exactly. to sit back and see what happens on that one because at this point, it, unless they listen to my podcast, it's kind of it's out of my hands at this point. So that brings forward your, or I guess I'll go first because you did third team first. The All-NBA sure. rookie team, yeah, which for me also was very easy, and I don't know if we had the exact same five players or not, but I have Cade, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and I went with Herb Jones as my other. Well, We I, have... I have three of the same players as you do. Is Mobley a center for the purpose of All-NBA? Uh, I think rookies... I'm not sure if rookies need a center. Right. But honestly, because Allen's been out for so long, Mobley has been playing center. Yeah, I I have... Let's assume Mobley is a center for the purpose of All-NBA. Okay. So, sorry, then you don't have the exact same five as me. I do not. I have um, Cade and Josh Giddy. Fair. In my backcourt, um, Scotty Burns and Franz Wagner, and then Evan Mobley. Oh, wow. We have a, yeah, a couple different players then, which I can see where the deviation comes from on that. Right. And you have Herb Jones because Herb Jones is a fantastic defender. He's a fantastic defender, isn't he? But so Franz Wagner is averaging 15, four and a half, and three as a rookie on like decent splits. And I don't think Herb Jones scores very much. No, he doesn't. But to be fair, though, Franz Wagner, by nature, being on the Magic, it's his team. Gets because the score, Jalen right. Suggs has missed so much of the year, right? Right. So Franz Wagner, it like it's like it's like the Jalen Green situation, and that's why I have Jalen Green up there is because Jalen Green is averaging, like I think fifteen points per game for the Rockets. But same thing, he just takes as many shots as he needs to to get to fifteen points. Right, and I I see what you mean there. Um, Herb Jones's stats, I don't think, are good enough to get him on that. First team uh, rookie. Uh, there's a second team rookie, to my knowledge. Which I don't think we need to go through that. No, but I, he would be on that team. I I believe. Well, and then the other thing, too, is um, like what I find interesting about this list is 
all of the rookies that are on bad teams and just like not having great seasons because they're on bad teams and the the efficiencies are all over the place right are the rookies that are interchangeable on all nba versus the two that we both have for sure were barnes and mobley yeah and it's because they were thrown into winning programs right away and they're good and are good and are playing well and efficient and everything because they have to because they're on winning teams right and uh, our difference in Josh Giddy and Jalen Green, I just have their stats up here. Josh Giddy has 12 and a half, eight rebounds and six and a half assists versus Jalen Green's uh, 16 points, three rebounds and two and a half assists. Right. So my, I, I have Josh Giddy in terms of rebounds and assists are so different than Jalen Green's that I've just discounted the points essentially. Right. Which that's understandable. And I think that's what makes everybody on, especially the rookie team, so interchangeable. Yeah. It's just because it depends. With rookies, frankly, it depends more on the situation they're in rather than how good they are, I find. Right. Because look at what the Warriors have been able to do with their rookies, right? Yeah, Kaminga's playing really, really well. Yeah, and he's playing like actual meaningful minutes now. Mind you, on the flip side, look what they were not able to do with Wiseman last year. Right. Yeah, you, and Wiseman was just kind of a letdown for sure. Go ahead. When you become an NBA rookie, because it hasn't happened yet, yeah, soon. would you want to be drafted into a winning team and really battle for minutes, or would you want to be drafted into a losing team and just run around and win 20 or win 18 games on the season but be able to do whatever you want? That's tough. Um, if you have to really – like, Scotty Barnes doesn't have to battle for minutes. Right. It is Evan Mobley. So right. I would rather play a lesser role as a, a player who still gets minutes right. on a good team. But I think in terms of um, like getting a second contract and all that, it would be better to start on a bad team than fight for minutes on a good team. So think of it this way. There's the Mobley situation, like the Mobley Barnes situation. Yeah, And then there's the Kaminga situation, which is like an in-between, and then the Jalen Green situation. So Jalen Green situation and Cade and Franz Wagner, where it's like, we're awful, just do whatever you're going to do. And then Kaminga battles for minutes on a really, really, really good Warriors team. Right. Or like you said, like Barnes and Mobley aren't battling for minutes. Like they're in the starting lineup, but they're a lesser role to the better players on their team. Right. And I mean, that's actually, I feel like, changed. Since it's gone along, I, I know they are a lesser role. Like Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham are probably the first options. Uh, Jalen Green, maybe not. Christian Wood's pretty good. Um, right. But like Kate Cunningham's probably the first option as a scorer. And Scotty Barnes is the third option as a scorer, but probably scores close to as much because right. they've given Scotty Barnes a lot of freedom to he shoot. He played point guard the other night, which I don't like at all. I don't mind it. I like him initiating plays. I don't like the forwards, like him at point guard, because you don't like I don't that think they listed him as point guard. I don't, I don't like he, that even he, though he basically plays point guard on his own time anyway. I I don't like the Raptors when they don't have Van Fleet on the floor, really. Right, which that's understandable because he's one of our only shooters. And I'm a, I'm the only other person I'm okay with running point guard. Really, is Siakam. Right. Which that's understandable. Right. I don't know. It, the whole the whole positionless basketball thing really throws me. Yeah. Because it's really hard to tell like 
who's the point guard anymore, and especially, like I said, as it reflects to the All-NBA team. It's right. really tricky to balance everything out and figure out who's supposed to be where now that players just play all over the place and Scotty Barnes listed at point guard on a random Wednesday night. Right, fair enough. Yeah, you, so, I, I don't think Scotty Barnes going to list as point guard or playing point guard really at all. But Rolling into all defensive team. Right. Uh, do you want to, do you have five guys? I do not have five guys. Okay. So all defensive team, I kind of have five guys. Same thing. We'll just do first team for this, but it's so like defend all the all defensive team is so depending on who you ask. Right. People will produce totally different answers. Right. Right. And like who gets votes and everything. So like some people are such good team defenders and like make good plays other people are phenomenal on-ball defenders and clamp people down. You know what I mean? Right. So I have Gobert at center just based on, like, he wins it every year and it's Rudy Gobert. And then yep. at forward, I have Mikhail Bridges. At one of the guard spots, I have Marcus Smart. Right. At the other guard spot, I have Caruso. Yep. And then my last forward is, like, this interchangeable thing of like I might put Draymond Green there even though he hasn't played a lot of games because I'm surprised he, you think all... Caruso's played enough games to get him in there well yeah but same that's the same as Draymond Green he's such an incredible defensive guard right so there, then there's Dray I might put Draymond Green in there you could argue that Jimmy Butler Matisse Thibel like other notable people that could be on the all defensive first team like Drew, Drew Holiday is always in the mix for that. Fred Van right. Bleet, who's a phenomenal defender. Yeah. DeJunte Murray is leading the league in steals and is also a good long, like long lengthy defender. So like the all NBA defensive team, it literally just comes down to who you ask. Because if you ask somebody who really values like on ball clamping of other players, yep. then it's going to be an easy answer or vice versa. If you value somebody who, or if you're somebody who values people who make defensive plays and are phenomenal like team defenders, again, you'll get a right. different answer from that person. And then same thing, notable people that we're missing altogether is Kawhi Leonard, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, if you don't think he's played enough games. Same thing with Caruso. Yep. You could yeah, argue that Embiid should be on the defensive team. You could. Embiid's a really, really solid defender. Yeah, so the whole thing is just like, the defensive team is really, really, really tricky. Yeah, the de- defensive teams are always tough because there are guys who I feel like are obvious, like Gobert is almost yep. always going to be first team on so, NBA defense. To me, there's an obvious center, which is Gobert. Right. An obvious forward, which is Mikhail Bridges. Yep. All the guards are toss-ups. Yep. And Robert Williams could also be in there as a center. But not for first team. Not for first team. For second team. Right. Right. But I'm sure there are some people who would want to put Robert Williams first team. Uh, Celtics fans. Yeah, well, and like people who live near, and people who live near Boston, (laughs) that are still Celtics fans. Well, they might not be. They might be fan of the adjacent team on the other side. But I bet (laughs) they still they talk about Robert Williams casually. (laughs) Uh, Um. So yeah, it's like I don't know. The the defensive team is like the rookie team to me, where it just depends on who you ask. Versus right. the the three all NBA teams, we had the same fifteen guys except I have one extra person basically. Yeah. But the defensive team and the rookie team, are, there are so many variations of how you want to slice it. 
Yeah. The defensive teams are seemingly always, you have some set in stone. Like last year we had, okay, Gobert and Ben Simmons. No doubt, first team all NBA defense. And this year you have Gobert and Mikhail Bridges. Right. And then it's just a toss up for the rest and of them. And then it's toss up. Put whoever, pick pick three other people. <laughs> yeah. Pick the Anybody other, you pick want. You want Trey Young on defense. second team defense? Okay, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Pick three people who you know play in the NBA and just put them and fill the rest of the spots. It'll work. <laughs> so then that brings us to our interesting thing of the week that you put. I see in the chat here that you have something, which is good because I did not prepare anything. So hit me with what you got. So this is a quote from Kyrie Irving yesterday, and this is only part one of two of this uh, interesting fact. Uh, Kyrie Irving said, to be honest, I signed up for this for the long run. For me, it has always been about being comfortable and loving where I'm at. I love it here. Once that summertime hits, I know we'll have some conversations, but there's no way I could leave my man seven, talking about Kevin Durant, anyway. So right. Kev- Kyrie he's Irving not, saying, not talking about Yurt Savin from Miami? <laughs> no. So Kyrie Irving basically promising, I, I'm, staying in, I'm staying in Brooklyn. This is how it's going to be. Right. Uh, but if we rewind two years, uh, four years actually, sorry, uh, to October of 2018. <laughs> I know where uh, this is going. Kyrie Irving said to fans in Boston, I have every intention of signing with Boston next year. I do have a dream of putting my number 11 in the Raptors one day. If I'm so blessed to do that. Uh, I've worked my tail off. Obviously a lot of great players come before me, but to throw my name in Boston Celtics tradition and history is something I'm glad I can do. And I'm planning on doing so. So well, I've determined that I could not trust what Kyrie just said about playing in Brooklyn. And to be fair to Kyrie, Boston was really on the downhill because all they have is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. Like Boston, you know, is really they were caving in. Like that conference finals was all they were going to do for the for the, for the next fifteen years, right? <laughs> yeah, especially because they got to the conference finals without him. You really don't think he can probably add to that team at all? It's just they're basically done. So might as well get out of there while he still can. Yeah, well, I have no belief in what Kyrie Irving says. He just oh. Kyrie Irving is the best basketball player that's not that committed to being in the NBA. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you can, like, you see Kyrie Irving say something like that, and a lot of players, you'd say, oh, that's awesome. He's re-signing here, basically, for sure. And Kyrie says that, I'm like, eh. Yeah, exactly. It's different from when Dame or Bradley Beal say it. Yeah, exactly. Also, one more thing just before we close out here. Giannis could also be on your all-defensive team. I didn't mention that. Oh, yeah, Giannis should almost definitely be on your all-defensive team. Especially as a forward, yeah. So it's like Mikhail Bridges, Giannis, Gobert, and then pick two guards, basically. Yes, Giannis I don't think is a toss-up. Giannis should definitely be all-defensive. Yeah. So, agreed. yeah, Giannis, Bridges, Gobert, pick two forwards. Or pick two guards. Yeah, agreed. And then second team, pick five players. Yeah, any five players. You want so your whole I team mean, in there? Sure. The whole the whole system for all NBA. And, the, and credit to the NBA for the fact that they do make adjustments. Right. on various like rule changes and all that kind of stuff. But the PR team for the NBA must just be having a heart attack every year when new things like this keep popping up because the game is just changing so much. Yeah. So yeah. every year there's like a new problem for the PR team to deal with, but like the dunk, now the dunk contest isn't working and all NBA is not working. Well, the now dunk contest has been working for a couple of years. Yeah. But now it's really being called on to fix it. Like they cannot do it next year the way they did it this year. Yeah. So this That's year was like problem. the last chance. This was bad. So like the NBA PR team must be having a heart attack over all these various things. Yeah. And I don't know who fixes it. I don't know how you fix the dunk contest. I don't know how you fix all NBA, but you got to fix it. 
Someone will figure it out. Like I said, they hire people smarter than me for that. Probably. Yeah, no, I have Which, a hard hopefully, eventually they are hiring me. But... Eventually, <laughs> sometime. Yeah, eventually, hopefully, they are hiring me to fix that. That's why I'm getting a business degree, right? Although you said you have no suggestions for how they can fix it, so I'm not sure they should hire you. Well, to be fair, I haven't researched it. I'm sure <laughs> I'd do some research if I was hired. For for $60,000 a year, I'm sure I'd look into it a little bit more. I wouldn't uh, just be like watching the games and be like, oh, wow, that was a bad dunk contest, eh? I'd go into work Monday morning and be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'd have at least something to say about it. Hey, guys, all NBA sucks. Uh, fix it. Hey, Jared, you know I do this podcast for free, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you secretly getting paid by Spotify and haven't told me? <laughs> yeah, Spotify... Uh... The the ads are just paying me like a cent a day, so yeah, we're get, you're getting some major ad revenue. I'll have there. almost four dollars by the end of the year. Hey, that's all like that's almost a liter of gas. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost, you're almost there. All right, that's all we've got for the In the Clutch podcast this week. We'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.